Welcome to Pop Pantheon, the podcast where we completely overanalyze all of your favorite pop stars and then rank them in the official Pop Pantheon. This is your host, TJ Louis XIV, and this is the second installment of our Pride series. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Before we get into it, I just want to remind you to please rate and review and subscribe to Pop Pantheon wherever you get your podcasts. This really helps get the show in front of more people, and I appreciate everybody that's doing that so much. Follow us on social media at Pop Pantheon Pod on Instagram and Twitter. On our Instagram, we do all kinds of fun activities, including guessing games about future episodes. We do Q and A's. There's good reasons. I think, to come to the Instagram page. So follow us there at Pop Pantheon Pod. I'm at DJ L-O-U-A-E-X-I-V on Twitter and Instagram. Hit up our merch store and get our niche legend dad hat. That's at poppantheonpod.com. And of course, if you want more of this, you want more of me, could you take more of me? I think you can. You can go to patreon.com slash poppantheon, sign up at the icon tier, and you will get at least three bonus episodes of the show per month, access to our Discord channel, and so much more. And we will also link out to that in the show notes of the episode. This week, we are talking about the Eras Tour. I went to it last weekend, so we're having a big discussion of that. Plus, we're playing a game of Step Up, Step Down, so you won't want to miss that, I don't think. Finally, Gorgeous Gorgeous, My Queer Pop Party is happening this weekend, our Pride edition in Los Angeles at Resident Downtown. It is Lady Marmalade night. I will be playing the music of Christina, Pink, Little Kim, Maya, Missy, and of course, all your other divas in celebration of Pride Month. It's going to be so much fun. Tickets are almost sold out, so I really recommend you get them before you come. The link for that will be in the show notes of this episode. And of course, next weekend is the debut of Gorgeous Gorgeous New York at the Sultan Room in Bushwick. Can't wait to see all my New York girlies there. That one is also close to selling out, so I highly recommend you guys go get your tickets. That will also be linked out in the show notes of this episode. I cannot wait to see all my queers, my allies at gorgeous, gorgeous LA and New York in the coming weekends. I can't believe this is finally here. So for our second Pride episode, I have an absolutely iconic guest, the winner of Canada's Drag Race, Priyanka, a true icon. I'm completely floored that she agreed to do this. She came on the show to talk to me a little bit about her new music, to talk about drag music in general and how it relates to pop music and what some of the differences are between the music that drag queens make and pop music and whether there is any difference and what her goals are in terms of bridging that difference. And then we talk about pride anthems. What makes a good pride anthem? Me and Priyanka both work in clubs, in nightlife. Pride is a big part of our careers. So we talk a lot about what makes a good pride anthem, what defines them, what the history of it has been. And then we each share our five personal favorite pride anthems at the end of the episode. So this was an absolute delight, honor, and privilege to talk to Priyanka. And I hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, I am here with the winner of Canada's Drag Race Season 1. She's also a television personality, a musical artist, a podcaster, so much more. It's Priyanka. Welcome to the show, Priyanka. Wow, thank you so much for having me. I love, I love, I think my favorite thing about doing press these days is like the intro. She's done this, she's done this, she's done that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a reminder of all the, the things that, you know, the hard work is paying off. And I've done plenty of interviews. There, 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 there was an era where it was just one thing. Oh, this is a kid's TV host. Then all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is a drag queen. And oh, oh, that, this is the winner of Canada's Drag Race. And then it was like, this is a pop star. You know what I mean? Like things are happening for me. You're a multi-hyphenate. And I just want you to know, I'm a big fan. I watched you on your original season. I was rooting for you. I was so happy happy when you won and I've of course followed along as you've ascended to the absolute tippy top of the drag queen pop star universe so it's a real thrill to get to talk to you today yes we're here to talk about 
Pride anthems. I'm a DJ. You're a drag queen. I am. Obviously, Pride is a busy, important time for us every year. We live inside of the Pride universe. So when we were putting this episode together, I thought you would be the perfect person to talk about this with. I want to talk about what we think like makes a good Pride anthem. And then, of course, mm. I want to share some of our favorite Pride anthems because both you and I, we participate in a lot of Pride events. We're around. We know what works. We know what the girls go up for at Pride events. And yep. I'm excited to get into that with you a little bit. But before we talk about that, I do want to talk a little bit about your music. Ooh. You just released your new single, Bad Bitches Don't Cry, which is a bop Babe. with the uh, Canadian pop star, Ralph. Yes, I love her. Can you tell me like a little bit about about this song like how did you decide to team up with Ralph like what was the idea behind this like how did this song come together I met Ralph when I was doing Canada's Drag Race she was like our vocal coach on the season and mm-hmm. we had like immediate chemistry there was something about her that I really liked and I, I knew about her in like through like the grapevine like a lot of people just like love her they love her music and when I met her I was like there's just something just like that that's like a breath of fresh air about this person like it's just like mm. you know especially like in that that high stakes competition world where, where you're competing for a hundred thousand dollars you're you're like you just there's so few people that you meet that you feel protected by so i feel like she was one of those people and i've been working on my debut album the last year now yeah. and she was one of the wow. first writers that we reached out to and she was so game and so down to give me her time and she's the one who came to the writing session with the idea for bad bitches don't cry she was like i was watching selling sunset they said this bad bitches don't cry line and i kind of feel like you're that kind of person where like you've been through so many ups and downs you don't take no for an answer and then it kind of opened up this whole conversation of like things that have happened to us in the industry that you know one of the lyrics is like they told us no we're at the top yeah check my flow Mm -hmm. a lot of it kind of brought me back to my high school days where i had a guidance counselor tell me that i won't be a star he's like don't go to tv school don't don't even try a bitch it ain't gonna happen for for you and i'm so lucky and so happy that i'm wired in a way to hear and know and be like nope fuck y'all i'm gonna make it happen because that's been my whole (laughs) career that's been every that's how every single big act that I've ever achieved has has been it so it it is the ultimate like anthem to like the era that got me here it's kind Mm. of like revealing all the secrets as to success and and how like you know you gotta really be your best cheerleader and not take no for an answer to make, make it happen so the song came from Ralph's mouth we wrote it together and then had all these stories and made all the lyrics and I was like this is a great bop I got a question for you. Yeah, so I got a question. In this interview, I decided to come through with questions. Uh, I like question. to be unique. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so you've been releasing music since 2018. I'm curious, like, were you always ambitious about releasing music? And as a follow-up, I'm curious about drag queen pop songs as opposed to, like, you know, mainstream pop songs. Like, do you view them as different? Do you view them as the same? Is there, like, a particular way that you approach making music, like, for your drag persona that is either, you think, different or similar to more mainstream or whatever, more traditional pop stars as you see them? I grew up in a family of DJs. My dad's a DJ, but my brothers are DJs. I was always around music. My grandparents are singers. So I always wanted to do something 
thing with music, but I was always, always like way too shy to do it. Even with those releases in 2018 and then 2019, I obviously mm-hmm. went full throttle. I released it. I announced it. I did the video for it. But personally, for me, I was like a little bit like, can I do this? Or is this like just like a fun project for, yeah. for me to do? It's just scary to release your own music. And, and like, I obviously yeah. wanted to be a pop star. Otherwise, I wouldn't have released those tracks. But it was almost kind of like a guilty pleasure. Like, like I wouldn't perform those songs mm-hmm. in public. I would be like sh- like too shy to do them. It wasn't until I started to like really tour my EP taste test and started to do like you look so good and say my name the my old songs before drag race live and saw how people receive them that's when i felt like i was i was i'm doing the right thing i was like these songs that i wrote with like a friend back in the day just for fun are still hitting now like that is mm. a gift baby yeah. and so i always wanted to subconsciously do it otherwise we wouldn't be do, do, doing it now and i'm just shocked that they're good songs thank god honestly thank god thank god people yeah. like them well I, uh, first of all, it's impossible to think of you as being shy, so that's very interesting because you are obviously not shy not. when you're when you're on stage. Whenever I've seen you perform, you don't give off shy vibes. So it's interesting. I wonder if you feel more shy about your pop music career than you do about your drag career because you certainly do not come across as bashful. Yeah, I think <laughs> like performing. the drag thing. I like naturally fit into like when I when I started drag, it was just like a hundred percent all the time getting drunk on tequila. Yeah doing splits like cartwheeling performing right. i fucking loved it <laughs> the thing about like starting yeah. a music career or uh, not even starting i guess i had one since 2018 but like making it a major focus and, and now it's, it's what what i'm talking about like you're kind of you are going against the grain like i could go on cast tours and lip sync someone else's song every single night but instead i'm like fighting to play music festivals and trying to get spotify mm. playlist listing and like mm. all that stuff. so that's where that like little bit of shyness comes from because i feel like i'm being more vul- vulnerable by like still fighting for something right right you know yeah it's more it's more not to like separate these out because obviously all parts of you are all the true you but it's like something that feels there's like less of a facade yeah exactly and like there's some gigs Mm -hmm. that i get booked that are just like club gigs and they're not saying hey don't come do your own songs but in my mind i'm like okay right it's gonna be two numbers i'll do like a medley of my own stuff and then i'll give them their like beyonce or ariana grande lip sync because like Mm. that's what that space is for yes whereas if i if i do a concert if i'm like hey I'm doing a concert, it's my music and I have dancers and all this, then like that makes more sense to like not lip sync. So that's where that shyness comes from is that that I really feel that like I could take the easy way out, but like I just love music so much mm. and I want to release it and like telling yeah. like, my stories in these forms you care about it a lot. is like so yeah. fun. So yeah. And then in terms of like to answer your question about creating for like my drag persona or not I feel like the same person well I mean this is my question though because look a lot of your peers release music and it's so bad I mean like I not to be whatever but like most of it is like not good like let's be frank you are one of the rare queens that actually makes like quality pop music I guess my question is what makes like a good drag pop song and do you think of like songs that drag queens whether you i know you don't maybe even think about your own pop music this way but when it comes for like drag queens making songs for themselves like how is it similar to like what a more mainstream pop star would do and what makes like a good drag song maybe even different than like or a little bit to the left of like what a traditional like pop star might do themselves i think think that like a lot of very popular like drag songs are like alaska thunder fucks your makeup is terrible your makeup is terrible 
Your makeup is terrible. Your makeup is terrible. Your makeup is terrible. But I love you anyway. Or like any Rue song. Like there is this campiness and there's this like very personality infused song that has Mm. been done. The thing that a lot of queens do post Drag Race is they make songs that sound exactly like those songs, which is why they typically fall flat. Mm. A lot of drag queens drag performers drag entertainers forget like as drag performers we're following trends like wig styles costume styles trends whatever but when it comes to music like my shit specifically is like my mandate is like I'm going to make real pop music right you don't approach it like this is a drag pop song you're approaching this as like I'm I'm a pop star exactly but when we walk away yep. from the session and we listen back to the songs. The shit that's like me goofing off in ad libs or me like giggling at the top of a song, like that personality that you saw on Canada's Drag Race that you like liked me for or whatever is what makes the song the drag song mm-hmm. in a way. And like, but. Mm-hmm. Because I'm singing good pop melodies and, and all that stuff and the production is great. I think there's a lot of copycat shit going on. And yeah. I think that like what makes each queen unique, they have a trouble they have trouble capturing in their mu- music, which is why your reaction is like drag queen music is so bad. Because they don't gotta be. <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I don't mean that as a general statement. I just mean most of the music that drag queens make is bad. I agree. I don't think drag queen music is bad. No, right, right, I just want to right, 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 right. It's right. But it's definitely like it's it's <laughs> it, they're also part of it too. Other than Pablo Vitar, we don't have a lot of drag musicians that are just musicians that are, that are on playlists that are on music festivals. Yeah, it's rare, you know. So right. I think with more queens that kind of break the barriers and 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 be taken seriously it'll change the way that a lot of drag entertainers make music is that a stigma do you think like from the mainstream pop consuming or gatekeeping culture regarding why drag queen music often doesn't make it onto playlists or isn't seen in the same context or is that an intentional sort of like this is a different sort of thing because that's one thing that's like fascinating to me and obviously not all drag music fits into one category mm-hmm. as it can be a lot of arrays of things but it feels to me like oftentimes like drag music is both very much in conversation like with the sound of pop you were just talking about how it's so important as queens to be like really up on trends to be sort of following them but it's almost like maybe the campiness factor or there's certain elements to them that make them some of them or like the large majority of them feel somewhat different than like you know you're just traditional down the middle kind of pop diva music even though it's also really similar it's fascinating kind of like the nuances there i think i definitely think that they're having a hard time understanding it like 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 because of all the drag music that has been released it was like yeah. Shea Coulee when she released her song your name and it got played on MTV Europe or some shit yeah. that was like a little whisper yeah. A little whisper mm. of a little bit of mm. music kind of getting in the mainstream or drag m- m- music. I think right. like a lot of people, I was been thinking about this like deep, 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 deep. Because I'm like, what is it? Like, why is this so hard to get music yeah. peers to take me seriously as an artist? They, they just think right. drag race. They right. think lip sync free for your life. You know, right. it, it's right. so hard to be like, right. no, I'm making real music. Why is this hard? I was mm. like, is part of it the persona? What are, what mm. when I'm singing? What are they hearing? Is like the 50 year old who bad bitches don't cry comes on their random Spotify playlist? Do they hear 
a boy? Do they hear, mm. do they see the name Priyanka and hear a little bit of a deeper voice? Are they like, oh, my brainwashed brain can't understand why this is this person's name Priyanka? Is that part of it? Mm. I also think like the algorithm just like pushes out my, my stuff to people who are already consuming drag race stuff. Like when you right, like, hey, Alexa, right. play Bad Bitches Don't Cry, the song after it is always like a RuPaul song or like a season 15 cast, I- I'm that bitch. Right. You know, so I'm not being put with the, the Ariana yeah. Grandes or the Taylor Swift's to like fall in line of like just regular pop music. Mm. I think there's like a lot of work to be done in terms of like how our music is consumed. But I will say that since signing with real new music management in the last like year and a half we've been working together, there has already been more of a shift. Like I got real Spotify playlist listing. I got real Apple music plays, Spotify billboard. But I do think to your point, the audience is like, how do I consume this? Like Lil Nas X makes sense. Mm. Like I had a conversation with Angelie, she's a Canadian pop star and she's huge on TikTok. Mm-hmm. She was like, Would you ever consider releasing music out of drag? Good question. Good, great question. My response was like, I would definitely do it. Don't get me wrong. But the only reason you're saying that is because Lil Nas X, Troy Sivan, and Sam Smith already exist. Mm. A flamboyant gay person releasing music that makes them sound like a queen has already been done. That's why you're saying yeah. that. Right? But if there was already drag queens on the charts, you wouldn't ever say that. I would be fine. Success is already there, right? Yeah. It's. I, I think there's like two interesting things that you're making me think about. One of which is I think it still remains very difficult for queer people in general to be centered in pop music mm-hmm. in the pop space. I mean, you mentioned three artists. Gay men, queer people in general are one of the biggest segment of the pop consuming landscape we are one of the biggest inspirations to most of these successful pop divas that are you know often pillorying our culture and taking a lot of things from it to make their own careers personas and music etc and yet even in the year of our lord 2023 you rattled off three people that like really exist at that like sort of top echelon of pop that are like actually centrist mainstream pop stars who identify as you know queer I mean there's obviously there's more than that but it's still a very small segment considering what a outsized role we play in the firmament right like I mean we're still underrepresented so I think that is part of it and I think the other part of it that's interesting and I think this is where your music comes into play is that most as I go back to my earlier point most of the music hasn't been begging to be taken seriously. That, like, that's the other it thing works too. in the context of you have to know the queen's persona already. You have to be invested. You have to know the in-joke, right? You've got to know what's going on. And the songs are designed to be part of that, to be part of a live performance where everybody's in the know and they're campy and they don't need to be good quality. They just work to serve and flip and whatever, right? So I think what you're doing and what like, you know, the select few of you that are kind of trying to bridge these worlds is the music does have to be up to snuff. Like it has to, it has to work quality wise and I think that that's kind of like those two things together feel like important sort of undergirding factors in this process 100% yeah and like finding the right people and the right producers to work with you I went on a lot of producer dates and there was so many sessions that I walked out of feeling so sad because I like to go in have a couple of like ideas but there was one in particular yeah. where one person came in the session. I don't blame them, but this is kind of this is how the mainstream sees gay people. It's like, I have an idea. Yeah. And I was like, okay, tell me your idea. Mm. And they were like, a song called Yes Queen. Oh, and I was God. like, I literally wanted to vomit. <laughs> 
and cry at the same time oh, because no. I was like, even if you just took yeah, the time to listen to the catalog yeah. that was presented with Taste Test, yeah. like you would hear that that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? It's like getting out of that box that people are going to try to put you in. It's like a very difficult thing, but it's important because the flip side, the good part about it is that drag is more mainstream than ever. Obviously, as you know, this doesn't bear repeating. And so someone, I mean, obviously we have Pablo Vitar, but more people are going to come through and bust this story out. It feels inevitable. I mean, drag is at an all-time high in terms of its embrace in mainstream culture. So it just feels like someone's going to be the one or, you know, a few of a few of you guys are going to be the one that break down this door and it feels like imminent. So it's exciting, I think. And the opportunity also does feel like it's there, but I think it's going to require people that are dedicated and like willing to put the work in and willing to actually like take on the mantle of being like, I'm not going to make a song right. called Yes Queen just because I'm a drag queen. It's gonna be May. <laughs> All right. So here's my next question for you. Are there particular pop divas or icons or whatever that you look up to that you feel like informed maybe your drag persona or or your pop idols? Like who are the ones that like really you feel like are like your kindred spirits or inspirations? I would say this is so cliche of me to say, but I have to say Beyonce. But only yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> but only because. There's a reason that we all say that. Yeah. Only because <laughs> she just looks like she works so hard. Like that is it. Yeah, like she does. Like this is that's an Olympian. You know what I mean? Right like there. like there's just something. Like, yeah. Every every single thing that I've ever done in my life, I've gotten from hard work, and it's so great to see. Like listening to Renaissance, and I was like, this sounds like hard mm. work to make oh, your yeah. songs sound like like you've you've been sitting on them for months and adding and taking out and subtract. You know, it's like meticulous. Yeah, I I, I would say her hundred percent in terms of like my mar- my marketing scheme. Yeah. Taylor Swift and like the Kardashians mm-hmm. have taught me a lot about marketing, like having things mm-hmm. come full circle in storylines and like this, how important is the song behind a story and what, what it actually is about is important and how to market that is very important. I would mm-hmm. say them. And then in terms of like performance stuff, yeah, like Beyonce is amazing. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez is amazing. Oh my God. God, I love mm-hmm. her. Like every, oh my god! Mm-hmm. But I also have a big thing for Blackpink. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love them. I cried yeah. when I saw them for the first time in November. It was amazing. I love them so much, and I don't know why. I think I like that. I like their fans. I love having a, such a diehard fan base that band together to make sure your streams are high and make sure you they buy tickets to your tour to sell you out. Like there is this like I follow a lot of the fan accounts, and I'm like there is such a cool thing to have that kind of fan base who just their day-to-day goal is to help this person be successful. Mm. Like, why? Because just because yeah. they love them. The K-pop yeah, fans are, are, like, next level. Like, they redefine stand-up, that's for sure. When Priyanka was, like, coming into being, you know, the queen, the queen. was Beyonce and J-Lo, were they kind of, like, the want some of your main inspirations in thinking about who you wanted to be as Priyanka? Like, the first song that I ever performed was Freakum Dress by Beyonce ever yeah. I love that yeah. song and they just did that on Drag yeah. Race here yeah, yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. mean like the name came from Priyanka Chopra because she was on right. Quantico at the time and I was like well wh- white people already right. know her name so this would be a perfect name yeah. like this is the name that you call yourself <laughs> so because I want everyone to know that a brown performer is coming on stage I don't want it to be like something else and I yes. happen to be brown I want my main focus to be that I am a brown girl because that's important to me I want to wear yes. some Bollywood costumes yes. I want to do Bollywood songs I remember being in like elementary school having like my like 
did my disc man in, in, in class. Mm, me too. And like someone, and I'd be li- listening to Bollywood music because I love that music as a kid. And someone would ask like, hey, what are you listening to? And I'm like, um, Britney Spears, you know. For me, <laughs> yeah. one of my main things in, the, in drag was to kind of like make it normal to just listen and be whoever you want to be. And yeah. Especially culturally, like as, as, as brown people, like a lot of us are like yeah. kind of, pitted against each other like there's not like the only could be one successful brown person like it's so like deeply rooted in here from society and from like upbringing and, and all that stuff so I, I would say Priyanka Chopra was a huge huge inspiration behind my name mm. and I met her a couple weeks ago oh my god and how was it it was amazing she was so cool she was like I watch your videos all the time and I love oh you god, and I, I support you and you're doing it we're doing it like she definitely was was doing the Aww, doing that is the greatest the thing, doing the thing and it was so cool to see it was amazing she was so cool I love yeah, that it was really oh my god that is so great I'm so glad to hear mm-hmm. that that is beautiful beautiful you're doing her name justice I am I yeah think. which is good it was a good it was a good like okay you're, you know <laughs> you're doing well hon otherwise imagine she's like well you yeah you lost so you fucked it up for all priyankas now great she's like i need that name i need my name back are you enjoying this episode because if you are let me tell you if you're only listening to the pop pantheon main feed you're only getting half the story over on our patreon channel pop pantheon all access we're now offering at least three yes three bonus episodes of the show per month. We're talking about all your favorite new albums like Jesse Ware's That Feels Good, digging into all the big singles of the month on our new music speed rounds, and of course, deep diving on classic albums like Janet's The Velvet Rope, Ariana Grande's Positions, Lady Gaga's Chromatica, and so much more with all of your favorite Pop Pantheon guests. All of this, plus you'll get access to our Discord channel, input on future episodes of the show, and so much more. So what are you doing? Go over to patreon.com slash poppantheon or click the link in the show notes of this episode to sign up at the icon tier today. All right, let's talk about our pride anthems. We both came here with our five favorite pride anthems. Pride is going to be happening when this episode airs, so we're going to all be deep in the thick of it. Before we talk about our five, and I want to go one for one, we'll share what we listed. I picked the most random ones for fun. Yeah, Yeah, your your list is iconic, honestly. Like, I was truly like, okay, work. All right, but okay. What do you think makes a pride anthem? Like, what do you think, like, what does a pride anthem, like, have to have going on in order to, like, qualify as a pride anthem? It has to create escapism Mm. within your brain. When you listen to this song, no matter what time of year, it creates escapism. That's pride. Mm. I love that. I love that. And I was thinking about that. Here's what else I was thinking about. I feel like it has to have special resonance in the queer community because, like, you could pick, like, any, like, gays go up for, like, a lot of pop songs right like but like some of them feel like they're really specially ours in some ways even if they also are like mainstream hits I feel like there's got to be a feeling like this is our thing this is like our in community sort of like thing that we all relate to and I actually feel like thematically I mean I don't know this might be just me but I feel like they also have to like speak to some specific ideas like I don't know whether it's like feeling good and empowered mm-hmm. or feeling like a sense of like righteous injustice. I'll share I'll share some of my songs that come up in that way. But I feel like that's a big part of it. And then frankly, like my friends, I was talking to my friend about this earlier today and he was like, he brought up like Christina Aguilera's Beautiful <laughs> or something. I was like, what is a pride anthem to you? And I was like, no, you have to be able to fucking go yeah, up to it in the club. 100%. That's the thing. Like when I think pride anthem, I think like partying. I mean, like we gotta like go up for this song. So I feel like maybe that's like a controversy 
controversial thing to say because so. like maybe there's people that think that that ballads are pride anthems but like for me i was like this has to be like something that you that just like you want to turn all the way up to i feel yeah like. i i agree with that sign me up all right so, sign me up Great. for that dance floor <laughs> And obviously, like, some of the originals that I don't think either of us are going to mention today, but that I feel like should be mentioned here are, like, It's Raining Men, right. I'm Coming Out. Like, these are perennial classics. Obviously, we love them. Do you think that the idea of a Pride anthem has changed over, like, time? Like, do you think that those anthems, like, are in conversation with how we think about Pride anthems today? Or do you think, like, there's been a shift in, like, what a Pride anthem is I think, over I time? think that there's been a shift because of, like... Because even like is is born this way on your list? No, no okay. It's not. So like I think that like not many people release songs with the intention to be pride anthems anymore. Like right. I, I'm sure there's many songs in between, but the reason why I say born this way is because like it is very clear that that no matter what that was going to be a pride anthem because it's coming from the biggest pop star in the world, one of the biggest pop stars in the world, and it's about yeah. gay people. So hello, and she's like a specifically a big part of her persona is like uplifting exactly so i think that like yeah. yeah it's changed quite a bit because like you i think this is why these lists are gonna be so i'm excited to hear yours is because like pride yeah. anthem just means something like a lot of my stories behind each of my songs are like about different moments in my life mm -hmm. or like and then hearing these songs one of them is mine lol but hearing these songs like <laughs> On a dance floor at Pride in June in yes. in a sweaty gay bar, right. like it kind of you had the full circle moment. Yes. So yeah, okay, I think that's right. There's a phase where pop stars became more self aware of their status as Pride. Yeah, it's like they kind of became. Even though Diana Ross, I do think knew what she was doing with I'm coming out on some I level. So. Like, but in 1980, you couldn't be as explicit as Lady Gaga or Kesha. We are who we are. Or oh yeah, um, we are who we are. Is a great you know, song or Firework, obviously. Who wrote I'm coming out? Did Diana write it herself? Niall Rogers. Niall, Niall Rogers wrote, I'm coming out when he was at a gay bar seeing drag queens dressed up as Diana Ross. That was the inspiration oh, for that's the beautiful. So it is explicitly a queer anthem, but at the same time, because it was 1980, you know, there had to be a way for it to operate on multiple levels. It of wasn't course. like Gaga being like, no matter, gay straight. Yeah, yeah no matter, gay Putting the text no right out there. <laughs> Bernard Edwards. Uh, oh. All right, so let's tackle our list and we can talk about other ideas that come up to us about what makes these songs essential as we talk about them. So what's the first song on your list? Okay, the first song on my list is Happiness by Alexis Jordan. What do you, uh, why do you like this one and what is this uh, what does this evoke for you? <laughs> I mean like when did you think of the the title happiness? I mean, yes. you know, that is the everyone want I don't know if everyone wants to be happy, but when it comes to pride specifically, you want to feel that happiness. And I remember mm. being at one of my my first pride and hearing this song and my friend was like, "Oh, like back in 2013 pride, like this was the anthem back then." And when I heard this song at like I think it was 2016 pride before I started yeah, drag, yeah. it was my first one. I, yeah. I heard it at, in like a field, there was a DJ, and it was just like this moment of like I am happy, like I am around people like me. This 
is my first pride. Mm. I feel happiness. And then Sasha Colby performed this song as her winner song when she got crowned. Oh, wow. And when oh, I heard her do, do it, I was like, this song is queer joy then. Like, if she's doing it for oh, a song, if I feel this way, this is pure queer, queer joy. So, happiness, Alexis Jordan. I think it's like a one-hit wonder, too. Yeah, well, that, I was going to say, this is something that also makes this explicitly queer, is like us going up for like a reality show winner yes. who like has one hit. 100%. Like, that's very queer culture. Yes. That like makes it a, that this is explicitly like a queer song. It All is. right. So, I I was thinking in categories and like some of the things I was thinking about is like I wanted to make sure I did put some classics on here, but maybe just not I'm coming out. Even though I love I'm coming out. I, I mean, I love those songs, but I was just like, I don't want to talk about those. So, the one I picked as my first one is No More Tears, Enough is Enough by Donna Summer and Barbara Streisand. Oh. Just look him in the eye and simply shine. Enough is enough, is enough. I can't go on, I can't go on, go on, go. Enough is enough, is enough. I won't hear out, I won't hear out. Go now. Such a banger and also kind of a two pop divas. Right. Coming together. Pairing up together, that's queer, right? That's queer coded, mm-hmm. right? Like when the girlies come together, like there's something like very specifically like pandering to us that, or at least that's how I experience oh, it. Oh, no. Know what I mean? Like when Gaga and Ariana did yeah, Rain on so Me. Yeah, like, like Cardi and Megan. Even Bang like, Bang with like Nikki yes, and Jesse bang, and Ari. Bang, like, Moulin Rouge. All of it. Um, it's for the gays. So there's that element of it. And of course, both Donna and Barbara are massive, legendary queer icons. Obviously, Donna said some fucked up shit about us, but we forgive her. May she rest in peace. She, you don't know about that? No, what did she say? <laughs> she she got a little Christian towards the end of her life and, you know, she made some comments. Happy but back. I think she actually then eventually took them back. But either way, Donna was that disco diva. She was like one of the canonical icons, gay, queer icons of the period and of all time. And I, what I love about this song is just that it captures both like the sort of righteous dignity of being mistreated in a relationship, but that can so easily translate to sort of feeling like enough is enough in a broader sense, right. in the sense of what pride represents, which is us being like throwing off the shackles and being like, we're here, see us. We don't want to take your fucking shit anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not here to be oppressed by you. So I feel like this song, while like technically on the surface about saying enough is enough to a man is also can be funneled into the energy of like what pride is about, totally. which is sort of saying enough is enough to being mistreated. Yeah. And it's a fucking banger party anthem. It's so fun to sing. It's so fun to play in the club. People love this song. It still goes up. So that's my first choice. In the club. Yes. All right. So what's up for you next? Okay. Uh, next up for me is Fifth Harmony. That's my girl. Yeah. Oh, what a heat rock. We just did an episode on them and I like spent 15 minutes gushing about this song. <laughs> I love this song. This song. There's yeah. just something about this song. I perf- I still mm-hmm. perform it. If I have a lip sync to do, it is this song yeah. all the yeah. time. There's just something yeah. that's so anthemic sounding about it that everyone feels included in it. it mm. I, I don't know how to explain it. There's just something about it, like hearing like, that's my girl. It's like, you did it. You're doing a good job. <laughs> Everyone's happy. We're all in this together. I remember performing it pointing at people while it's, it says that's my girl and them feeling like that sense of inclusivity, you know? It's like, oh, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're all doing this together. We're all part of something. Right. Also, Fifth Harmony fandoms are full of a lot of queer people, so. Yes. Another borderline flop act that we claim as our own. <laughs> yeah, it's like they had like, you know, 
quite a lot of success. But when you when you talk to a gay who loved Fifth Harmony, like their favorite album is like the one when Camila left, and then like it's like yeah. tra- track eight, you know, because they like the exactly. br- you know, it's always so yeah. like niche. So I, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, Fifth Harmony, that's my girl. I love yeah. that song. I mean, also, song about friendship. Yeah. Bombastic banger about friendship. And also, given your love of J-Lo, I think a pretty explicit kind of get right feel to that. Yeah, big, like, true. With the, horn and the horns in it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. This song is... I- I fucking love this song too. And also like this song also is it like one of those songs that from my perspective, like you play it in a gay club and it is literally like it it was a number one hit across the world. You wouldn't have ever known. You play it in front of straight people and they're like, they're like, what is this? Never heard this in my life. Like what is this trash? (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. Uh, All right. What's your next song? My second is from my all time favorite artist, Janet Jackson. Oh, I'm seeing her on Tuesday. Oh, I'm so jealous. Together Again, which is her 1997 single. It was written for her friends that died from HIV and AIDS in the 90s. And is just the most like ebullient, joyful, like it somehow turns tragedy into something like hopeful and effervescent and it's moving without feeling maudlin. It's life affirming. It's also like there for you to like comfort you during loss. It's also a dance song. It's everything beautiful about Janet in general, just her ability to make a song smile. I think like she's just one of the ultimate in terms of that particular milieu. And I just fucking love this song. It's like, I love a song that has that kind of emotional depth, but also you just want to dance to it at the same time. Like that, I feel like is a very queer experience, queer dance experience and the fact that this song is actually explicitly about a very particular and tragic moment in queer history but then turned that into something sort of timeless and joyful Mm -hmm. you know what can you say that's a magical song so this song just is one of my all-time favorites from when i was a kid and i continue to just love 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 it and i love that it's gay it's queer it's part of our culture so yeah i I also love that she started it kind of sounding like like a ballad and beat kicks in like she really gave music like she's like yes she was giving artist and drama as the gays yes. do and the video is beautiful I remember like staying up like really late to see it like as a kid mm-hmm. like oh the video is so good she is the best she is the best is okay the best. my next song is she is mother um, she is mother uh, my next song is Roll It Gal by Allison Hines It is a soca song. Hadn't heard this one before. Have this you was not? Like, this was new to me. I love this song so much. Now, so Alison Hines, for context, is a very, very, very popular. She's like Beyonce and soca music. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember being at Cruising Tangos in Toronto. It's a gay bar. And I was upstairs. It was that same year where I heard Happiness for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I was just dancing upstairs in Cruising Tangos. The DJ gets on the microphone and says, 
oh my God. And I'm like, what's the fuck's happening? She hands a microphone to Allison Hines, who's upstairs in, in a sweaty room with a bunch of gay people. And she performs yeah. Roll It Gal for the gays. When I yeah. tell you how big of a deal this is, this is the, it's like if Beyonce walked into a gay bar and performed Renaissance for all of us. Like that's how big of a deal this is. <laughs> it is so big. It was so huge. And it made me, Love. and then also to see a Caribbean artist in a gay bar because Caribbean you know it's really like homophobic and, and they make songs yes. about killing gay people I was like yes. this song will forever be a pride anthem for me because of this mm. specific moment it is the best it's just about partying it's about believing yourself it's about rolling it gal it's basically yeah. like like the Caribbean version of That's My Girl by Jessica <laughs> it's like the same idea but just with more island flavor on it yes this is a little vaguer I was so happy that you brought this into yes. my life I was like I listened to a bunch of times this morning. It's I was like, so okay, girl. good. So I would it's say really that good. would be my Love, yeah. Love that. Okay. My next one is by the late, great Sophie. It's Immaterial. A song that sort of like interfaces with coming to terms with your gender identity. It has lyrics about who you see yourself as. Uh, she says at one point, I was just a lonely girl in the eyes of my inner child, but I could be anything I want. And no matter where I go, I can't be held down. And I think this song is both like an incredibly fascinating exploration of that concept. And at the same time, as I think these anthems have to be, a fucking incredible sounding banger. It literally is like if Madonna took like acid speed and K and like came out in the wash. It's like literally the most insane sounding fucking song ever. And yet also like is kind of grappling without ever being heavy handed with like some pretty fascinating ideas about gender. And I think Sophie is just one of the most important queer artists to exist in our time. And she's had such a huge and long lasting impact on the sound of pop on so many divas. I mean, I it's incredible and I we've lost her too soon. And it's one of the greatest tragedies I think we've had in music lately and I just want to make sure that we continue to celebrate her as a community and it's not hard to because these songs fucking rule and like this song is just an absolute banger and it's got a lot to chew on so that was my third choice I love that good choice okay my next choice is my own motherfucking song come through Come through Hello. myself Hello. featuring coming out through coming out through coming for you featuring Lemon. So for context for those of you who don't really know my music is the verse that Lemon did went gay viral. Not completely mm-hmm. viral, but gay viral. So all the gays now know this song. Don't even have to ask for it, for me to get it. When you see my ass in this, I charge credit. Your dad drops stacks on this and don't forget it. He's trying to find my pussy pics up on Reddit. Gloss on the blunt, ain't sorry, it's fenty. Don't mean to stump, but we stunt in plenty. End of the night and your bank account empty. Yeah, let me yonka own 2020. It's like the FF necklace, VIP guest list, leaving boys breathless when we get breathless. Mom is infectious, roll up in a Lexus. Me and my girl come through, let's get this. The funniest part about it is I played a lot of music festivals last summer where I opened for like Lord and Charlie XCX and stuff. And it's so funny because mm-hmm. Come Through is my like ending hit, right? But it's so yeah. funny doing Come Through for random straight people who appreciate it, they like it, to doing it for a room full of gays because gays knows every single fucking word. Like if I want to feel like I'm performing at the Super Bowl halftime show, it's at, in the gay room performing the song. At a festival, say, everyone's like, oh, this is cute. Yes, yeah, a dance song. We like it. So it is one of those niche pride anthems that only the queers know that really go off on a dance floor. 
pure yeah. happiness, pure partiness, and everyone loves yeah. to rap that Let Lemon verse. So I would say that. Honestly, this song is so fierce. I have to tell you. Like, I loved it when it came out. I'm in gay viral land, so I was there for the virality. Yes. But also, going back to it this morning, watching the telephone-inspired music yes. video once again. This is a sleigh. You did that, girl. Thank you. <laughs> okay, what's your you next that. choice? My next choice is... Call Your Girlfriend by oh, Robin. Oh, that yeah, song is the right? fucking best. Robin perfect queer diva I think in the sense that she's underrated we love to go up for these girlies that don't get their due in the pop space Robin obviously like hugely influential incredible pop star one of the best we've ever had and you know the cry on the dance floor vibe that is like her sort of general zhush is like a really important element of the gay queer music space and I'm always thinking about that when I'm thinking about my sets. And this song, I think, is so queer coded in the sense that, like, it's about wanting someone who, like, you need them to break up with their other partner. And do they want you? Do, like, like is yeah? I always think about this song. Like, is this in her? Like, does this guy actually want her, or is she like fully just kind of like trying to will this into existence, or like imagine that he's gonna leave this woman? for her and I think that like there's a certain very queer experience about like wanting someone I mean the, even the pronouns of it really like add to this like mm-hmm. you you want someone you want the guy to leave the girlfriend and actually be with you or whatever like that feels queer to me so this song is just fucking amazing yeah. love it the video is iconic her doing that like solo dance so good I just I just love this song and Robin I think is like a really quintessential gay club staple yeah it's funny mind. when I heard that song for the, for the first time I read it as like a gay call your girlfriend tell her that you're gay because you actually like exactly like that's Ex- exactly that's what it. I'm that's what I'm trying to say yeah I was like <laughs> oh this is what this song is actually about because I've been there before I've dated girls you know I yeah. was like oh like this is mm-hmm. this makes sense to me this Ro- yes. Robin is speaking my truth absolutely she is just fucking amazing she's one of my all-time wow, favorites so I she was her. I was not getting through this without putting her on list all right what's your last okay last choice is obviously Beyonce hello. hello I chose pure honey because it like has samples of ballroom music in it bad bitches to the left money bitches to the right you can be both meet in the middle dance all night take it all off or just a little if you like it's pure it should cost a billion to look this good which i which i think was so important you said it earlier that like a lot of pop divas reference the gay community and queer people and ballroom culture to kind of get their own and Beyonce basically like gutted the ballroom community and put it into this track while Mm. putting like Kevin Aviance on the record and all these people where it was so important to hear because the lyrics are just so confident it's about escape it's about i'm the shit it's it's costing yeah. a billion to look this good it's that Hello. cuntiness that queer people just carry yes. on their shoulders this self-expression that cannot be du- duplicated and mm. it's so cool because she's not really singing the whole song she's just kind of just talking and she's like mm. just being cunty about it and it's the way that a lot of us queer people feel in public mm. spaces of like we got to put on a mm. persona to, to protect ourselves and that's mm. what, what what's captured in this song and that's why for me it is a queer anthem Ugh. 
I mean, one of my all-time favorites on Renaissance, which is saying something because it's all favorites. Oh, but it's all good. But the first time I heard that cunty sample, I was just like, this bitch did her homework. Did. Like, I was one of the many moments on this where I was like, holy shit. Like, she's, she's delivering us a college-level course on queer music history. Like, it is jaw-dropping just to the max and just like one of the most pleasurable songs on the record i just i love 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 this song so i was so glad when i saw it on your list mm-hmm. all right what's your last the grand the grand finale the grand finale and look the you, you might not know this pre okay. there's a lot of in joking on this show about how i feel about this artist because many think i do not care for her and i don't see it that way particularly and that's why i love to come through and give her her props when i feel that they are due to her who is it it's also kind of an obvious choice but I think is deserving. Just in my experience in a DJ booth, watching which songs connect during Pride. Mm -hmm. This is a mainstream song that somehow also feels very much part of the Pride conversation, and it is Katy Perry's Firework. Unfortunately, this song is one of Katie's best, I think. Uh And I think it's the kind of song where it's like, I don't want to play it other times of the year. When Pride hits, I break out Firework because even though it's corny, I think it breaks down your defenses in the right moment. And it does create that feeling of empowerment, that feeling of self-love. It really engenders that spirit. And I think that that is what we're all going for with Pride. We're going for, you know, this isn't about judging things for being too corny or being too cheesy or being whatever. Like, it's about that feeling of feeling good about yourself, breaking free, feeling connected to the other people in your space with you and singing a, what I have to say is a pretty bulletproof pop hook that feels feels fucking great at one in the morning when you're fucked up and you're with a bunch of other queer people and it works in this context i just love to break this song out at a pride party and big ups to Katy perry i do not like just so everybody knows like she has her moments i want to support the girl when i feel like it's due and i will put firework on this list for her i'm dead well thank god you did that a lot the last time i said something bad about Katy perry all of her fans attacked me and called me a rat (laughs) so you don't want to say no comments i love her I love her, everyone. On the record. On the record, I love her. We love her. I love her. Nothing, like, never said a bad thing. (laughs) So, all right, that was so fun. So we'll put these all on a Spotify playlist and share with you guys so (gasps) you can listen to all of our favorite anthems. Pre, you're so great. Thank you for coming on. Before we get out of here, can you just, like, tell everybody where to find you and, like, what, just remind everybody what you have coming up so that they can keep an eye out. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, everybody, everybody, go stream my new single, Bad Bitches Don't Cry. It is out. It is happening. Go watch the music video and look out for my new music coming out in July. I have another single dropping in September. I got an album coming in the fall. It's gonna be lots of new music to feed all of your ears. Find me anywhere, the Queen Priyanka. You will find me. There's no way you can't find me if you don't find me i know what's wrong with you just please do not come to my door and ask for a photo that happened already with a fan and it was very scary so please don't do that don't go to don't go to my house oh my god and i have a bunch of live shows so come see me too and and let's have a good time it's going to be an amazing year love it love it okay so my last question for you is what is an underrated priyanka song something that maybe people have not given enough love to that we could send the show i love that question my most underrated priyanka song is afterglow it is a gorgeous, slow, sexy bop with violins about 
basically having sex with the lights on because you finally met mm. somebody who makes you feel comfortable in your own skin. And I would say it's the only single that didn't get like a fully cinematic video as well. But when I do that, my shows, I bring someone stage for a lap dance. It becomes a crowd favorite in the end. So I, I would say like that, that one. Listen to that one. Okay, great. Let's go out on Afterglow. Yeah. Priyanka, thank you so much for being on the show. Love you. Love you too. Me now and we can turn the lights on. Ambitions are gone.